0: Welcome. Hello, everybody. So I just want to, one other announcement I mentioned last week that as my message is going on, the sermon is being translated into Spanish. And so that's why we're seeing Spanish on the projection screen as we put up Bible verses. And so... We actually uh, have been testing this out for about a month, and we've just really had it on our heart to reach out to the Spanish-speaking community, and I would just encourage uh, every one of you who knows someone who their English maybe is is not uh, good enough to follow along with a message to come on in now. So if someone wants to, to... get this translation just ask an usher and the usher will get a pair of receivers uh, for them and sort of a headphone type of thing and uh, you just put it on and you listen to a mysterious voice from a back room uh, (laughs) speaking in Spanish it's Jerry hi Jerry Hi, Jerry. He's in the back room there. He's translating uh, this sermon into Spanish. You know, we, uh, from the very beginning that our church began, the Lord has put in my heart, Mark 11, for us to be a house of prayer for all nations. And so... uh, you know one one limitation of doing that is is obviously language and we'd like to go on from spanish and hopefully maybe do creole next but we're starting with uh, baby steps and uh it's a wonderful thing to be able to actually to look at out at you right now and and see all nations here sitting in front of me it's pretty amazing uh at a, one of the churches i was at before we uh took a took a poll of where everyone was from, and it was wonderful. I'm going to do that. One of these mornings, I'm going to do that. So I bet right now, just looking out, there's probably 25 different countries, either people born or their parents, and I just think that's a wonderful thing. But we want to continue this work. If you know someone, again, unbeliever, believer, whoever, but they're, they're not in church somewhere, they haven't settled into a church, or you'd like to reach out to them, who speak Spanish, doesn't, uh, is struggles a little bit with their English, bring them in. We want to minister to them. Okay, Luke chapter 11, you can rise for the reading of God's word. We are going through the Bible, chapter by chapter, we're going through the Bible on Sunday nights, going through Luke, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights we're in Jeremiah, Sunday mornings we're in Luke. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. Raise your hand. Luke chapter eleven. Verse one, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, when he stopped, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will continue to teach us how to pray, Lord. And we know that prayer is all about our relationship with you and how we're ever. as the song that we, we sing this morning, how you're ever faithful, Lord, that when we seek, the more we seek, the more we find you. And Lord, that's what we want to do this morning. Continue to seek that we'll find you. Find you in this place of prayer. Show us what a heart of prayer looks like, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So actually, we left off last week in the middle of this prayer. In the middle of it. Our Father in heaven, verse 2, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is how far we got. So we're going to pick up in verse 3, but let's talk a little bit about where we've been, real important principles. First things first, as we mentioned last week, Jesus never intended for us to pray this prayer word for word every day or worse, many times a day. It's okay if you do it word for, for, for a word from time to time, but it's not this religious thing uh, that we uh, just, that we've done. Many of us had did this a better portion of our life just repeating it over and over. We put this verse up last week Matthew 6 7. When you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. Don't do that. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, right before giving his disciples this very same prayer. Or it was a similar one. Not exact, but similar. And so he doesn't want us mindlessly, meaninglessly is that a word? Meaninglessly? Anyone? Take a vote? Yeah, okay. That's a word. We'll send it on over to Heritage Dictionary. Meaninglessly repeating the same prayer over and over again. He wants a relationship with you, so he gives us a prayer, which here's the purpose of it. It gets to the heart of prayer. It shows what a heart of prayer looks like. It's an expression of of a heart that is filled with God knows the prayer thing. Prayer is a heart thing. That is why Jesus doesn't want meaningless repetition because when we meaninglessly repeat something, our heart is not in it. Our lips are in it, but not our heart. God wants our hearts, not meaningless repetition on our lips. He wants our heart. So he gives us this prayer, and we broke it down last week. We started with this, our Father, our Father. And as we said last week, oh, the fact that Jesus is telling us to call upon God as our Father, that's a big deal. It is such a big deal. In the Old Testament, they didn't call God Father. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, they didn't call God father. Why? Because Jesus hadn't been crucified yet. The blood had to be poured out for you to become a child. That is what that blood purchased. Your adoption as a daughter, as a son It's a big deal that we can call God our father, our tender, loving father. The Bible says that when we receive Jesus, it says that we receive the spirit of sonship. Romans 8 chapter, uh, Romans 8 verse uh, 15. You receive the spirit of sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So not until Jesus died and was resurrected and and poured his life into you, did you become a son? Did you become a child? So you can call God your father. That's a big deal. Because fathers love their children and and, and they see their children as what their own. Jesus didn't call everyone a child of God like we hear so often today. Everyone's a child of God. No, he called a, a group of people that was in front of him like, children of the devil. You become a son, a daughter, when you believe in the Lord Jesus and receive him as your own. So the prayer in Luke 11, verse 2 continues in heaven. In heaven how our eyes ever need to be fixed on heaven. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says what? Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. So Jesus is reminding us here in Luke verse 11, verse 2, when the disciples asked him to pray, what did he say? Never lose sight of heaven in your prayer life. We are told in the Bible that our citizenship is not of the earth. Our citizenship is in heaven, so we should behave that way. We should behave as citizens of heaven, not as citizens of earth, and we should pray that way. Hence, Jesus says, our Father in heaven. That's how you begin. The the prayer continues, hallowed be your name. Notice the focus at the very beginning of this prayer is on what? Me? You? You? us? No, God. It's God. The focus of the prayer begins with God. If you take one thing away from this message, it's that, it's that the most important thing to do when you pray is getting your eyes off yourself and sticking them onto God, putting them on God. So the first prayer request in this prayer, it's not about me. It's not about me. No, it's not about me. It's about God. God, may your name be made holy. That word hallowed means just just means holy or glorified. May your name be glorified. Oh, God, that your name would be holy everywhere, in everything, in my life, in my family, in my church, my city, nation, world. Oh, God, that you and your word, that today they're being so defiled, profane, dishonored, Even reviled God, minimized, marginalized, trampled on. Oh, that Lord, do something about it, that your name would be hallowed, Lord. Jesus says, This is how you begin your prayer with your eyes off yourself and on to God. The prayer continues Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Jesus promised to return and establish his kingdom. This prayer is just saying, Lord, I agree. I want that. We want you to come back, Lord. Lord Jesus, come, please. Maranatha in the Greek. Oh, that your kingdom would come. It's also a cry, your kingdom come. It's also a cry to God that he would establish now, even before the return of Christ, he'd establish now a piece of heaven a piece of his heavenly kingdom here on earth, here in this church. We, we want people who come into this church to just to, to taste a piece of heaven. That's what Jesus said. They will know you by your love for one another. Love, that's a piece of heaven. Oh God, let us see a piece of your kingdom now. Oh, your kingdom come, justice, mercy, peace, love, 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 now on earth, please, Lord. And it goes on. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's where we left off last week. So the prayer quest here is for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. This world would be just magical. Forget about magical. Heavenly. If the Lord's will were done here as it is on heaven, is, is in heaven. And, and, and so we talked about uh, last week. So anyway, how is the will of God done in heaven? Anyone remember? Immediately. 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 And I would add to that, always and joyfully. Always, immediately, and joyfully. That's how the will of God is done in heaven. And so last week, I sp- spoke at the end of the message, a verse from Ezekiel, which actually describes um, how the will of God is done in heaven. Uh, let's see this. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 12. This is a vision of Ezekiel, a vision of heaven. The living creatures, meaning angels. That, that So these are angels that Ezekiel is seeing in his, in his, in his vision. And what are these angels doing? It says, the living creatures went wherever the spirit wanted to go. And they did not turn when they went. And then it continues, the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. (laughs) Isn't that great? So the will of God, how is it done? You don't turn to the right or the left. You go straight. And you do it immediately. And, 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 and there's always, you know, in the Bible, it, it, there's, there's also joy associated with doing the will of God. Always, immediately, joyfully. So uh, back to our prayer again. Oh God, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, in the life of my family, my church, my, my job. My neighborhood, oh that this country would be like this. That your will would be done on earth here as it is in heaven. And so the prayer continues. Give us day by day our daily bread. And the book of Matthew says just give us our daily bread. Give us day by day. Our daily bread. Actually, in Matthew, it says, give us this day our daily bread. And that's where we get the notion that this really is, we're supposed to be praying in this manner, not the exact words, but in this manner every day. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, uh, notice now in verse 3 that the attention of the prayers has now turned to you, Right? So the priority was on God. It started with the Lord. Then it goes to me, you, us. By the way, throughout this prayer, we do see the word our says something about the importance of all of us praying together from time to time. Prayer is not just something that you do as a lone ranger always by yourself. We gather together for prayer. but But it turns to it now turns from God, the focus is on God, uh, and then it turns to us. And now, this prayer request here, of course, is talking about our daily bread, food. Most of us don't live wondering whether we'll have food on the table, although that may be the case with a, a few of us this morning, but but look... We, of course, never want to take this for granted here in the United States of America. We ever should be asking the Lord to keep our hearts grateful for that. That we don't spend a lot of time worrying about bread today. But remember, this is a model prayer. Again, Certainly okay periodically to say the prayer word for word, but Jesus' perso- purpose here is giving the prayer is to teach us about the heart of prayer. And so, with this prayer request, "Give us our daily bread," Jesus is saying, uh, "Look, you got your focus on on God, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. now look to God and pray for whatever it is you need. Whatever it is you need, God is your Father. He." cares about you he 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 cares about that stuff in your life why because he is love your finances your health your job that relationship that you're in that's sending you into a a tailspin draining you of life your 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 loneliness your circumstances which are grinding at you give us this day our daily bread lord please please help me with this thing God cares. He wants to know about this stuff. He's your father. I want to know what's going on with my kids. God wants to know what's going on with his kids. Now, from time to time, I speak with someone, and usually it's a newer believer. A lot of times it's an unbeliever, but um, they feel guilty about really asking God for any, anything you know, about their life. You know God has a lot of better things to do than listen to my prayer for help on my exam. I mean, come on, he has people starving all over the world. He has wars. He has uh, uh, people being persecuted because of their faith. And I'm going to ask him to take away my sniffles? I mean, please. How silly. And so they don't pray. They don't pray. Well, that's a wrong perspective on prayer. And one thing is God, again, he saved you for a relationship with you. He wants to know about the sniffles. My kids talk to me about sniffles really quick. God wants to know about our sniffles. And and what's amazing, he can take them away. But there's a greater, more important issue really at stake here. When we struggle with going to our Father for just the sort of the mundane things in life, I can't believe it. I don't have any money to you know fix my brakes on my car, or whatever. And it's this. Let's take a look at this prayer again. Again, look at how these these prayer requests in verses two and three are and four are are laid out again. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. That is setting the stage for the whole prayer. It's this God priority. That his name would be hallowed, made holy in all the earth, that his kingdom would come, that Jesus would come, but that we get a piece of that kingdom now on earth, that his will would be done here as it is in heaven. listen to me. Please follow me on this. He wants you to be a part of that. Does that make sense? He wants you to be a part of his, what's going on in this world where his name, he's making his name be made holy. He is his, 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 his making his name, his, his person, his reality be Honored, glorified. He wants, you're supposed to be a part of that. You're supposed to be a part. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom, a piece of his kingdom being tasted now. He wants your life to be a part of that. He wants your life to be a part of this whole thing. Would your will be done on earth as as it is in heaven. He he wants you to be a part of that. That's why he saved you. He saved you because he loves you and he cares about you and he wants relationship with you, but he saved you to do a work through you. What work? A work in which his name is being made holy on this earth. That he, God, is being glorified on this earth. A piece of his kingdom now on earth. That's why he saved you. That's why he saved me, us. Listen, the Bible says that you put your faith in Jesus and became a Christian, that when you did that, it says you were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John chapter 1. Not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of the man, but of God you were born into his kingdom. No one pulled you or forced you, your parents or your friends or whatever, they, no, one, no one forced you into the kingdom. God brought you in. He, he gave birth to you, the Bible says. And he did it so that you would be an instrument through which he becomes hallowed in the earth, in your family, in your church, in your work, workplace, in, in which you are bringing glory to his kingdom. He saved you to be an instrument through which His will is done on earth as it is on heaven. So listen, God cares about our sniffles. Lord, I, I can't deal with these. I expect me to go to, to, to work and be a blessing to everyone around me if I'm going, you know, all day. This will be a total distraction to everybody. Lord, I'm in pain. Please heal me. I'm depressed, I'm discouraged. That's not how your name is is hallowed. That's not how your name is glorified with me being all like this. Lord, please lift my countenance. Everyone with me? God wants you going to him with the sniffles and with the finances and with the relationships and with the exams and with the whatever, flat tires because he wants to use you. God has a big, big plan for your life. He does. Now, you know, when, when, Pastors get up and and, and say things like that, big plans. Automatically, a lot of folks start thinking about becoming a missionary in the jungle or someone speaking to an evangelistic crusade or becoming a pastor or priest. No, 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 no. Don't think like that. Let me tell you, it may be big plans in the mind of God may mean something as simple as Raising a child. Of course, we know that's not simple. <laughs> but in our own minds, you know, it, it, it can be a, something as simple as raising a child and training him, her, up in the ways of the Lord. Because what happens when that happens? We get to, if, if one kid is raised like that, oftentimes what you'll see is, is, is a, that kid ushering in, bringing in a piece of, of heaven now, His kingdom come now on earth. Now I went to uh, a funeral last week. It was uh, Joe Logrippo. Some of you guys know Joe. Joe's a, a part of our church here. It was his his father. He died young. He was sixty one, and uh, his funeral. I mean, I guess when you when you come from a big, huge, gigantic Italian family, the funerals are going to be big and gigantic too because, I mean, th- there were like tons of people at this funeral. I was like, wow, look at this. There's a ton of people at this funeral. On top of that, his dad was one of these guys at Haymarket. He was a produce guy. You guys ever see the... the the hay market uh, uh, produce selling there. He's one of these guys, and so he knows all these hay market guys. And so there's all these people at this at this huge uh, funeral. And um, it was pretty amazing. It was down in Rockland, and it came into Boston and uh, from Rockland to, to actually do the burial. And, and I mean, I was towards the front of the line, and I'm looking in my rearview mirror. And uh, I, Joe knew someone, and somehow they did a... a police escort of like 30 or 40 cops were literally stopping every exit on Route 3, every entrance on Route 3. And so it was just the highway. It was just this one line of cars. i was looking in my rearview mirror, you know, Route 3 sort of goes like this. And it's just for as long as you could see. This, this huge funeral. And at the memorial service... It was just a wonderful testimony to the Lord. And, you know, one of the things I found out there was um, well, a- actually, over the past 15 years, Joe's mother, about 15 years ago, Anne Marie, she was the first one in the family to become a Christian. And over the last 15 years, Just one by one. People started becoming born again. People stopped fighting with God and being ushered into his kingdom. And it was like boom, 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 you know. And the Lord was just, over the past 15 years, just started picking them off one by one, bringing them into his kingdom. Going from lives that were that were being wasted, and I know that they're they're com- I, I know they're completely okay with me saying this. They were wasting their lives on drugs and alcohol and and, and playing the see who can die uh, with the most toys game sort of deal, and 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 just wasting their lives. And they went from that to um, a life spending their lives on Jesus and others and i began thinking to myself where did all this begin where did all this begin who's responsible for all this of course we know god is but someone had to be the one who got this going and i asked Anne-Marie, joe's mother mother and uh, uh, you know because again she was the first one to go down and god wrestled her down and then he that's what he does with us but so i asked her you know who was it we were at a reception after and and she said she, she had this great story it's just like an everyday sort of boston story she uh, and her husband and the family were up at some ice cream shop in somerville and her husband andy um all of a sudden he says oh, oh no duck duck there's my cousin mary we can't let her see us she's like mary who, who's that He he goes, she's one one of those, you know, born-again people. Come on, get the floor. We can't let her see us. Too late. So, you know, Mary uh, came over... Uh, I can't remember if that was her name, but she came over and uh, she said, oh, hi, oh, hi, Mary, you know, this sort of deal. And uh, these big Italian families, you only know, if, if you only know a third of your cousins, I guess you know a uh, hundred of them. Uh, but so they, she had never even met this person knew, or even knew about this person. And so Mary sets up an appointment because she sold vacuum cleaners and And she set up an appointment to come on over and uh, sell a vacuum cleaner to the the Grippo family and uh, so she uh, uh, they ma- she made an appointment and and I guess this particular night something happened, and she was late so late that uh, Andy. Uh, who was Joe's dad who passed away. And by the way, he came to the Lord a few years ago, but uh, he was one of, the, one of the more recent ones. But anyway, he went to bed, which as I understand was a very good thing at the time that he went on to bed And because he was uh, really in opposition to her and, and what was going on. And, and so uh, Mary, the vacuum cleaner, uh, shows up, shares the good news about a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Look, anne you, you you're you're at war with God. You think you're this this good nice person raising this family. You're not. Here's what the Bible says. And and she was gripped with the fact that yes, I've been living as an enemy of God and she was wonderfully and gloriously saved. And over the next 15 years just from there, it was just one after Another. So listen, God had big plans uh, for that vacuum cleaner cellar cousin. She was raised, she was either raised by godly parents who raised her or some faithful soul had led her to Jesus. And that's just that one. That leading that one person to Christ, Anne-Marie LaGrippo, that was a big deal at a big funeral where three, four hundred people got to hear about Jesus and what it had done for that family. There was just the aroma of life there and no one was arguing against it. God had his free reign. He had a big plan 15 years ago for that one life. He's got a big plan for you. He cares about your sniffles. (laughs) He cares about your health. He cares about your school. He cares about your family. That's what's going on in this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. God wants to get things done with you, man. Oh, man. So the prayer goes on. That was a short diversion, a long one, about a big Italian family. Luke chapter 11, verse 4. And forgive us our sins. Now, this is a daily prayer. Or at least our heart in prayer is supposed to each day be going to the Lord. Lord, please forgive me. A careful reader of the Bible, anyone who's reading the Bible carefully, thoughtfully, which is, by the way, always how the Bible should be read, should be asking this question about this prayer request. Isn't it true that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we are saved and that all our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven? Isn't that true? If so, then why does Jesus ask us to come to God daily, early, and often, and ask for forgiveness? Good question. I hope you're all asking this kind of question because it means that you're reading your Bible thoughtfully. So if we're not reading our Bible thoughtfully, we might as well not read it. It's a good question. And yes, it is true that when you give your life to Jesus, all sins, past, present, future, are forgiven. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 says this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man, speaking of Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, All your sins, past, present, and future, sat down at the right hand of God. Then a couple of verses later, it says this For by one offering, and the offering was what? The cross. For by one offering, he has perfected forever. That says, perfected forever, everybody. So if you go out this week and fall flat on your face, you don't have to wonder about whether or not your salvation is secure in heaven. It says, perfected forever. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. In other words, those who he is, is growing up to be like Christ. So, again, past, present, and future sins, all forgiven, all of them. So then, why does Jesus say, You know, when you come to the Lord, you need to say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. The reason he does this is because the Bible says that not until Jesus returns or we die and go to heaven do we stop sinning. And the problem is, when we sin, when we disobey the word of God, it affects our relationship with God. It distances us from God. It damages our relationship with God. And, and, and we, we, we need to, like, clear things up. It puts our sort of relationship with him in a fog. We need to clear things up. Let, you know, when I uh, do something uh, that's wrong to my wife, I speak with her sharply, or or get lazy and don't do something I'm supposed to do, or whatever. And it, it it's not okay. The relationship needs to be uh, it, it needs to be reconciled in a way. In other words, the the free flow of the love and communication needs to be made new. And so I go to my wife and I say, "Look at Stephanie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me." No different with the Lord. So though your sins are forgiven, past, present, future, when you come to Jesus, we need to carry on the relationship like any other relationship. We need to go to him and ask him for forgiveness. But listen, at this point, uh, on this issue of forgiveness, I need to pause and mention something really quite serious to anyone who is in this room who has never put their faith in Jesus Christ. oddly as christians we are able to pray this prayer forgive us our sins because our sins have been forgiven past present future i but but you know something i prayed this prayer the lord's prayer for years for the first 20 years of my life i prayed this prayer uh, I, 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 reciting it you know forgive us forgive my sins forgive my sins forgive us our sins you know mindlessly going through this prayer and my sins hadn't been forgiven <laughs> because i hadn't given jesus my life jesus says in john 8:24 this very sobering verse right here he says this verse if you do not believe that i am he you will die in your sins if you don't believe that i am he you will die in your sins that's what he says and so Here's the sobering part of, of, of this that I just want to pause and reflect on. You, in order to even pray this prayer, this whole prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Forgive us our sins. You first need to do business with God if you haven't already done so. Or, Jesus says, you will die in your sins because the Bible says that the penalty of sin is death, eternal death. So I pause for that just important warning to any of you who have been holding back and not handing over your heart to the Lord so that your sins pass present and future are forgiven. But it's just a wonderful thing, though. He's, he's telling us, look, whatever you do, you need to go to the Lord every day. Forgive the Lord. I did this. Forgive me. He just wants us to, you know, if, if, if God, if your name is going to be hallowed, if your kingdom is going to become, if your will is going to be done, and I'm going to be a part of this, I can't deal with this guilt. you got to forgive me. That's what this prayer sounds like. Then it goes on. The prayer goes on. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us or who has sinned against us. We also forgive everyone who has sinned against us. That's in this prayer. Now, it has been said that this prayer has made liars of more people in human history, like tens of millions, hundreds of millions, than than anything else in the world. And people just going over this, For our Father in heaven, help be the name, forgive us our sins as we also forgive anyone who's sin, forg- uh, sinned against us. Oh yeah, really? Did you mean that? Did you mean that? I mean, if we, if you, if we prayed this as a, as, a, as a church family right now and you, and you said these words, have you? Have you forgiven everyone who's forgiven or, or are you harboring unforgiveness in your heart? Look, I didn't say it was easy. But I'm just asking you, are you lying? Am I lying when I say this? Forgiveness. (laughs) It's such a big deal. As a Christian, it's just a part of who we're supposed to be. Now, Jesus, when he came into the world, King Herod sought to slay him. That's a nice greeting. Oh welcome to the world Jesus the king is looking for you trying to murder you When he first appeared publicly the Jews took up stones to stone him When he did miracles to bless the people to heal them to 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 raise the lame to give hearing to the deaf they ascribed those miracles to the devil when he loved sinners by going to their houses. Oh, there was drinking going on at the house, so they called him a drunkard. And he went to the cross and a nail was driven through his hands and a nail was driven through his feet and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness It's who Jesus was, and it's who you are. And because, Derek, if we could just put this up again, because God knows that we live in a fallen world. He knows we live in a fallen world where, where people struggle with sin. He knows every day you are going to be sinned against. Every day. Every day. He knows that. So he just plugs this, this prayer in it just to make sure, okay, yeah, of course I'll forgive you of your sins. But remember who you are. Don't forget who you are. Forgive those who have sinned against you. The prayer goes on. It says, and do not lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation. Now, the Bible does say in the book of James that God never tempts us for the purpose of us falling into evil. He doesn't do that. However, he does test us. The Bible actually says the Holy Spirit drove Jesus in the wilderness to be tested by by Satan. The Lord does the same thing with us. He does test us. Why? To build us up. But this prayer right here, do not lead us in temptation. All of this, and this is so important, that when we go to God in prayer, man, we just recognize and acknowledge we're weak. God, I'm weak. And I struggle. And I I can't deal... You know me, Lord, if there's uh, too much sexual temptation out there, you know I can't deal with that. Lord, if there's just like the, the, with, with the temptation of, of greed, the temptation just of, of, of hoarding stuff, the temptation of, of whatever, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever, Lord, lead me not into temptation. You know how weak I am. It's just a recognition and acknowledgement that, Lord, please have mercy upon me today. The Bible says that when we recognize we're weak, then he can be strong. And then the the last part of the prayer is this, and deliver us from the evil one. It says, uh, some translations say, and deliver us from the evil one. It says, but deliver us from the evil one. Why is the evil one Satan brought up? Uh, It's because he is the tempter. And the Bible says, Jesus says that Satan was a liar from the beginning. And we need to recognize, because every day, lies will go into our head. We'll be reading the Bible, and we'll read something, and we're like, oh, man, I, 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 this can't be true. Lie. The Bible says, First Timothy says, the, the whole Bible, all scriptures, God breathed. And, and 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 so we need we need help. <laughs> we need help every single day, and we need to be going. Lord, please deliver us from the evil one. Even this morning, you know, God wants me to deliver a message this morning, and and man, I, I had a struggle just getting here. Why lies? Discouraging lies. Who are you, Steve? Steve, you. After what's happened, whatever this past week, you and I was like, "God, deliver me from the evil one." Thank you that the message this morning was on this very verse. Deliver me, Lord. Deliver me, Lord. And 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 you know, if in Matthew chapter four, if Jesus was tempted by Satan, and Satan and the temptation was, "Oh, you 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 are the Son of God. Turn these stones into bread." If he's tempting Jesus, whether or not he's a son, do you think maybe he's going to tempt you? Yes. God, deliver me. He's going to tempt you. He's going to test you. He's going to try to make you believe you're not a child. You're not a son. You're not a daughter. Lie. Because the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Finished. That's it. Quote the scripture right back to the enemy, just like Jesus did to him. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Jesus said to Satan. Quote scripture right back to him, but also pray, Lord, deliver me from the evil one. That's a heart of prayer. Luke chapter 11, verses two through four. Is Jesus just an amazing professor or what? I mean, this is just so deep and wonderful. And he shows us just how wonderful uh, the heart of prayer is. And, 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 and just reading it in this kind of way really begins to show you, man, yeah, he, he wants that deep, rich relationship with me, with you. Okay, we will uh, pick it up next week in verse uh, five, which is also more and more on prayer. We will uh, we'll close the word, uh, the rather the uh, service with a worship song. If the worship team could come up, and you can rise for this worship song, and I'll pray before we before we begin. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for it. And Lord, just the, the recognition, the acknowledgement that your word says that you do care. You do care about our sniffles. You care about the least detail of our lives, Lord. You have every hair on our head counted. And we, Lord, we praise you for that. We, we stand in awe of that, Lord. And we, we love you for that. We need you we thank you for being our father and just all the tenderness that's behind that of a loving father. Your word says that your tender mercies will go from generation to generation to a thousand generations and we, we thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we have been born not by the will of man, or by human decision, but by you, and that we're now citizens of heaven. Lord, help us keep a light touch on the world, Lord. Use us, Lord, that your name would be hallowed, that your will would be done, that your kingdom would come. And Lord, we ask for strength, to get the job done that you want us to do. And what a privilege it is to do it, Lord. Father, just we pray that your name would be glorified in us this week. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.